Matthew Kirkpatrick is joining me in studio and is my very special guest this week. My name is Ben Dryden, and you're listening to a DrydenWire.com podcast. Quick programming note, make sure you join us next week. We'll be chatting with newly appointed Washburn County Judge Miss Angeline Winton. But let's get right to today's guest, criminal defense attorney Matthew Kirkpatrick. Matt, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Uh, so I'm excited to have you on because we usually are, you know, lately we have a lot of uh, sheriffs. Uh, as I just mentioned, we have uh, Judge Witten on, we've had Judge Yackel on. Uh, so law enforcement, crime and court, uh, I think this round we didn't get into uh, politicians. So even though you're still part of the, the court system, you're not an elected person. Correct. So uh, you'll be able to speak hopefully a little more freely. Not that they don't, but correct. maybe get into some things. So <clears throat> I have a lot to get to. A lot of things I'd like to talk to you about, but first, for people who don't know you, tell us a little bit right now, what do you do? What is your job title? Um, presently, my job title is a criminal defense attorney. Um, I do other kind of law, but about 95% of what I do is criminal defense. I'm uh, My office is my home. I work out of uh, Menominee, uh, Wisconsin. That allows me to keep my overhead pretty low. Uh, which is a positive thing because that allows me to be what's called a private bar public defender. Um, many people are, um, many people know about the public defender system as far as a staff public defender, the attorneys that you see at the um, at your initial hearing, at your initial appearance, or at your intake, or if mm -hmm. you get arrested. Um, there's another layer to that, which is the private bar system. The private bar system is there for overflow. Um, when there's too many cases for the staff attorneys or when there's conflicts. Uh, what people don't know is that the, the public defender, um, the state public defender is the largest law firm in the state of Wisconsin. Um, and they're all, um, they are all a part of one law firm that creates, um, creates conflicts. Uh, nice. and, and so, uh, and so because of that, uh, you have to have, um, outside attorneys that can, that can also help out. I'm one of those. Um, I also serve as court appointed counsel, uh, one of the, one of the counties, um, I, I do court appointed work in Washburn, uh, Sawyer, Barron, uh, Buffalo. Um, and I just started doing some court appointed work in Polk, uh, and in, uh, and I also do Chippewa. So I do a fair amount. Nice. And then, so that's, um, the public defender rate currently is $40 an hour. And then it's, uh, $25 an hour for travel. Um, the, uh, the court appointed rate depends on the county. Um, it's as low as 65, as high as 125, um, depending on the county. Uh, and then separate from that, I'm also a private bar attorney. So what that means is that um, you can call me up and hire me. Um, so let's say, for instance, um, you get a... Let's say I get, I, I'm driving down the road and I get an OWI. Yep. Because that's a common thing, right? OWIs. Correct. So I get an OWI. I could call you and hire you. Correct. Um, now, if I am a, it's not indigenous because I think that's a native to an area. There's another word that starts there. It means poor, uh, indigent, right? Correct, correct. So I run a free media outlet. So yes, we'll, we'll just assume for a moment I'm indigent. Yep. Um, you could be appointed to my case? One clarification. Um, if it's an OWI first, OWI first remember, uh, remain a, a civil case. Um, okay. So you... You wouldn't be entitled to a public defender or a court appointed unless that OWI first uh, is an OWI first that goes up into criminal traffic. Oh. Um, 
but oh yes, OWI second or higher, um, you um, you could go to court without an attorney and say, um, I uh, I would like to seek counsel. And you go and you fill out a form. Uh, that form with the public defender's office to, to, lets you know whether or not you're eligible. Mm-hmm. If you're not eligible for public defender, the next form you fill out is for court appointed. Um, and with the court appointed, um, it's usually that you have to pay in something while the case is going on. And then but what are we talking here? Like hundred bucks? Um, it all depends. It's partly depends on your ability to pay. Sometimes in some counties it's a wage assignment. So if you're, if you're presently working, but you're kind of working poor mm-hmm. for lack of a better term. Sure. I know um, that well. Yep. Oh. Working. And so then you get, um, a garnishment, uh, it's, 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 you get your wages assigned, um, for let's say, you know, 25 bucks, $50, depending on what you can do. Okay. Um, and then at the end, um, depending on how much, you know, what, what happens with the case, there's a bill, the attorney submits. If that, uh, amount that you've paid in is in excess of the attorney's bill, then you get the money, you get the money back. If there's more to be paid, then a bill gets sent. It, you know, it depends on counties. Each counties are a little bit different um, because, frankly, some counties can some counties can bankroll that a little bit a little bit different than others. So, uh, from uh, from your point of view, uh, which is more I wouldn't say financially lucrative, but which one do you make more money on? If I called you and hired you, or if you were appointed, um, if you call and hire me, th- there's two ways that makes it more lucrative for me is it's usually going to be a retainer. Um, I get paid that right away. Um, private bar, the court appointed and the private bar public defender. Um, I usually, um, you don't get paid until the case is done. Um, and so, uh, in court appointed is a court appointed and public defender. It all depends on on how quickly they pay afterwards, but, but you have to, you submit a, a bill that bill gets approved. Um, public defender's office has an audit auditing system because frankly, it's your taxpayer dollars that are paying for the public defender system. Um, and so they check that over. Same with, um, one of the differences with a court appointed is you get to see that bill, um, because obviously it's coming straight out of your pocket. And so what, what happens is you have the ability to challenge that bill if you want, um, to the, uh, court, to the, to the court. I know that among the attorneys that um, that do this private bar public defense and court appointed mm-hmm. work, we try to be frugal. You know, we, we understand that um, the reason our client our clients are in this situation is they don't have funds, and so. Right. Um, but we try to be frugal, but we also try to make sure we protect their rights fully. Yeah. So, what is I guess I still don't understand what's the difference between a public defender and um, being a court appointed? Um, so the the difference between that is is uh, income calculation. Um, or there's, I have to step back on that. So, um, in Northwest Wisconsin, we have a shortage of uh, public defenders, uh, or we have a shortage of attorneys to be public defenders. Um, and so what happens is sometimes if someone's been waiting for a significant period of time, um, as defined by the efforts made, um, by the uh, public defender's office to, to get someone a public defender, sometimes the the court will appoint an attorney. In that case, what the court is doing is um, kind of footing the bill for the state, and then they'll, they'll send a state uh, state the bill for what the public defender rate would be f- mm. to get some kind of compensation okay. from the public defender's office. Um, so it really comes to, and then there's also um, straight income. So 
Um, if you're not eligible for a public defender, maybe your income is still low enough for a, um, uh, for a court appointed attorney. Um, the hard part that I see in my practice is that next range. So uh, there's a range of people that don't qualify for public defender, don't qualify for court appointed, but also don't have enough, you know, don't have money sitting around to pay for a, a large retainer, mm-hmm. um, to pay for an attorney and don't, um, and so in those, in those times, I think I try to, I keep a reasonable rate for that reason. Um, a lot of times I'm able, a lot of times I'm traveling. So that, that helps what's called, what attorneys call windshield time. Um, so if I'm already, th- if I'm already there, um, for a public defender case, for a court appointed case, that helps the windshield time, um, for, for your case. And so I try I to, I try to factor that in and I really just, um, I'm not, I'm not a poor kid. I'm a middle-class kid that grew up in a small town mm. who, um, you know, I, I understand that there are people who just don't have funds that, yeah. that, that, you know, we still live in a country where you're presumed innocent. Yeah. And so they, they have a right to, they have a right to an attorney. Well, they, I, that's, that's surprising. I think, I think for a lot of people anyway, to think, cause you know, lawyers, uh, I'm, the perception, uh, that people probably have about lawyers, but it's, that's, it's interesting that you're, listen, I understand that, that you probably just don't have enough money either because we're all living in North Wisconsin and not many people make a lot. Correct. I mean, uh, our, um, our advertising rates on Dryden White, uh, when we look at how many people that we have and impressions and page views, we should be charging like four times as much. But the problem is, is then no one around here could afford it. Correct. And that's stupid. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's actually try to help out the, the regular businesses like yourself, uh, middle class, growing up in a small town, it's, we all kind of have to help each other there. Um, now the public defender that was, you said it was $40 an hour. I thought it was just passed or I think it was a while ago. It must not have taken effect yet. I thought that went to $70 an hour. Correct. Um, it goes to $70 an hour as of January 1st. So that okay. means, that means if you take a case as of January 1st, um, it'll be $70 an hour for, um, that's the, the legal work. There's no, there's, and then it's $25 an hour for travel. Okay. So travel involves, um, you know, in any, in any given week, I probably travel about a thousand miles. Um, and so what the goal of this is by increasing the rate is to start limiting, we call ourselves road warriors, but starting to eliminate some of the need for the road warriors where there are local attorneys who weren't taking cases because mm. the $40 yeah, an no, hour it just rate. wasn't enough. Um, the hard part, um, and this is discussions that many of us have had with the state bar, we've had with our representatives, is Northwest Wisconsin still has a lack of attorneys. And so mm. that's um, that's that's an issue. But it is, it is a positive that we're up to 70. Uh, Wisconsin had the uh, very negative reputation of having the lowest rate um, in the country. Mm. Um, and obviously there have been multiple stories in the past year about people waiting too long, um, sitting in custody. Judge Ackle and Sawyer talked about that almost every time he's here, he brings that up and said, it's a, it's a constitutional crisis. Correct. Correct. Cause the, the worst thing that we want to have in our situations as criminal defense attorneys is people that were pleading, who are pleading guilty to get out of jail because they've been in there too long. They've lost their job. Um, any number of other reasons besides them actually being guilty that they're pleading guilty or even no contest. And, um, there, there's repercussions to everything, um, these days, you know, if you're under, um, uh, if you want to go to college, you know, that, uh, uh, that, that, that felony that you picked up for doing something stupid 
when you're in your, um, you know, in your 18, you know, teen, late, to, uh, older teens and twenties, you know, that may affect your financial aid to the fact that you were never advised about that. You right. know, it's, um, so, well, you had said that there's a shortage of lawyers correct. or qualified lawyers for those positions. Uh, there's also the ADA positions. There was a, like 70 or something crazy new ADA positions in Wisconsin. I know North of Wisconsin got a lot of those. Correct. So does this also apply to uh, the prosecutors, the ADA positions as well? Correct. Um, so it's a, it was a, a very much a positive that the governor expanded the need for the eight for the ADAs. Mm -hmm. Um, because part of the issue is it's like with any job, if the workload is too high, that's, that's part of why there's turnover. Mm -hmm. There's too much workload. You have too much work to do. Um, so if you can spread that work out, um, that allows for more efficient, Mm -hmm. um, prosecution. Um, just like, you know, the more defense attorneys there are, it allows for more efficient defense. Um, the hard part about that is the lack of attorneys. Um, again, so what happened is there was an opening of these positions and part of the, the pay, the pay scale in the, with the prosecutors is sometimes it rewards DA, it rewards DAs financially from going from a DA position to an ADA position. And they don't have to, they don't have as much of the, um, of the stress, obviously, and the, the politics of being a DA. How, how does it reward? Um, I don't know exactly, but I know that there have been, uh, they one still of, get the same pay. Oh, it's, it's a different pay based on, um, the, the number of years they've been practicing. The, the ADA pay is different from the DA pay as right. far as the scale. Um, so that's one thing that that's been seen across, um, across Wisconsin. It's, it hasn't been seen as much in Northwest Wisconsin. Um, in Northwest Wisconsin, what we've been seeing is ADAs, um, some ADAs leaving and going to become DAs, mm. you know, um, as, as in, you know, Washburn County, our, yeah. our the current DA here was a former ADA yeah. in uh, Sawyer County. And, and over in Burnett and Polk, you just had uh, Renneke, who was the ADA. Actually, before that, he was a DA, I think, in Russ County. Correct. Then he was ADA in Polk County, and now he was just appointed DA in Burnett County. Correct. And... And with that, so the governor makes these 65 additional additions. Polk County is now allocated for, for, um, ADA, for attorneys. So you have a DA, three, 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 three ADAs. Um, Jim Renneke is now the DA in Burnett County. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Dan, uh, Dan Stephan is the ADA in, uh, Burnett, Burnett. County. So Jeff Kemp, the DA, Jeff Kemp in Polk County has openings for two attorneys. Uh-huh. I haven't talked to Jeff. I don't know how many people he's had apply for that position, but again, it's, it's great that the governor allocated those attorneys. Now you just got to fill them. Now you got to fill them. Um, and everyone seems to be going, I mean, this isn't, uh, uh, um, this isn't normal, at least in the little over four years I've been doing dry and wire. It's nuts how many people are moving from one spot to another. Correct. There is a, a new, a new attorney in the Chippewa got an expansion of one. Their attorney came from St. Croix County. He was an ADA there. Um, uh, Dunn County um, got an expansion of one. Uh, one of their ADAs left, and she's now joining the the private bar ranks in Barron County. Which uh, I'm happy to share. Hmm. I'm happy to share that load. But they also have another one um, to fill on top of that. So it, the the hard part is free agency. Um, it is. It, it's a, it's a, these attorneys just aren't playing cards, so we can start trading them. Yep. It's a, it's a free agency system. Uh, and, 
Um, and, and part of it is there is a lot of the uh, more senior prosecutors are also retiring. Um, they've been they've been in those positions for a long oh. time, um, and so they need ADAs to step up for those roles. Um, but you also have to keep those ADAs around to get that um, experience. And now um, the other thing that factors into this is the fact that there was um, an agreement called pay progression as far as the prosecutors and there was these ADA expansion, uh, the district attorney's expansion, um, but there wasn't pay progression for the, the staff public defenders. So what happens is um, some staff public defenders have actually switched sides, um, which isn't, you know, we're all lawyers, yeah. um, but you know, it, we kind of look at it as switching sides. Sure. Um, but you know, locally, um, one of the staff public defenders here in Spooner is now a, um, uh, assistant district attorney up in, uh, up in, uh, Superior, um, a long time, a long time, um, public defender in, uh, St. Croix County is now a, an ADA in St. Croix County. So what happens is you also lose, um, you also lose that. Uh, and it's not like the cases go away. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. You know, so, um, the cases, yeah. the cases are still there. The volume is still there. Um, but it, it just, it, it's not, it's not the governor's fault. No. For, uh, for and it'll probably, I mean, work itself out. Hopefully, I mean, it'll cram right. out at some point, but right now is just kind of a crazy time. Well, it is. And it's not like there's a lack of, you know, there's, there's three law, there's three law schools across the border. Um, yeah. And there's obviously, uh, um, the U and uh, Marquette here, so th there are attorneys you know, that are graduating. There's you know there's large amounts that graduate every. It's a matter of getting them into the system, um, and, and and proving to them that they want to do this. You know this it yeah. is public service work. It is. Why, yeah. Why aren't people? I mean, I know that law enforcement is struggling, uh, not just here in Wisconsin, but everywhere right now, uh, finding qualified people. People just wanting to get into the field. Why aren't uh, people being lawyers? I mean, you know, there's that that joke, the 2,000 lawyers, bottom seat's a good start. Well, you know, come back up in the sea, man. We could use you up here. Why, why aren't people going into this? I think part of it has to do with that debt you come out with, um, you know, and there are uh, tools that they've put in. They, there are tools that they're trying to use to incentivize people. Um, mm -hmm. There is for, um, for staff public defenders, for prosecutors, there are, um, there's a, uh, debt forgiveness after 10 years. Um, if again, you have, there's, there's rules you have to follow to do that. Um, but sometimes you have to sell people on that. You have to sell them on the fact that if they get that offer, if, if they're, if they have competing offers, mm -hmm. you know, why should I take this, this kind of job? And, and part of it is, is truly a passion. There's, there is, there is yeah. the, the desire of people, you know, uh, my classmates as well. There's a there are some people who want to be in the courtroom. Yeah, sure. You know, some people want that. That's yeah. Yeah. It's uh, probably not like your regular job. Like, why well, I, I have a pretty good job now. Maybe I should do something else. I don't know. Maybe a lawyer. Yeah. It, it's just not something you kind of just jump into. Correct. Either after a, a passion for it or B. I mean, that's a long term commitment. That is not, I want to take a job. That's, that is going to be my career. Correct. It's, uh, um, uh, uh, there's an attorney on, uh, Twitter that likes to say regularly that this is not my job. It's my lifestyle. Yeah. Um, I can see why it's very much, it's very much a lifestyle. Would you do, if you had a chance to do it over again, would you have done this? And if not, what would you have done? Um, before, uh, I didn't get into law school my first time, first time applying, I had to apply a second time. Um, during the pendency between those two, I had applied, um, to Mark, I applied 
to a couple different schools to actually become a accountant. I was going to be a forensic accountant, uh, mostly just because I was a paralegal before I became a lawyer. Okay. And some of the cases I enjoyed the most were, um, were, were fraud cases, um, mostly just looking through the numbers and just, um, I, I, your mind works that way. I, right? I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed that. Um, but by chance I was, um, uh, accepted into, uh, I was working at a law firm in Milwaukee. I was accepted at Mitchell, uh, in the cities and I was able to secure a job as a paralegal in the cities. Okay. So I was able to keep working full time and go to school at night. Um, so it worked out. So you're Milwaukee. Actually, you know what? We never even got into that. So just kind of your backstory. Um, um where did you, where were you born? Where'd you grow up? Um, I'm a military brat. Oh. I, I grew I grew up. Um, I was born on a military base in in Germany. Uh, my parents went nope. back and back and forth, so I lived up in uh, good old Ki Sawyer in uh, Gwynn, Michigan. Um, went back to Germany. Um, uh, lived there until I, I attended kindergarten in Germany, and then we've kind of moved around since then. Um, but lived in Wisconsin since I was in second grade. Okay. Um, grew up in the Fox Valley in the in the Freedom area. I like to I like to use uh, Bill Clinton's uh, uh, phrase, but apply it to freedom. And I like to say I still believe, <laughs> I still believe in a place called freedom. Um, great place to grow up, um, sure. and really exposed me to um, some quality judges, it's quality judges, quality attorneys that really got me um, into this. Uh, former um, Supreme Court Justice uh, um, Judge Prosser was actually a deacon in my church growing up. Oh. So he was part of my my motivation to get into sure. the law. Uh, on top of that, um, I also went to church with um, former state treasurer uh, Jack Voigt. Oh my goodness! Um, and so I got exposed to to politics at a young age. At a young age, my first election was a um, a circuit court judge election um, of a family friend when I was uh, seventeen. So oh. I was a kid getting on the getting on the bus for. Uh, when I did stats for the basketball team, I had my big uh, Sager for judge <laughs> a button. And then, so that got me a, a little involved in politics. Um, yeah. I went to Carroll down in Milwaukee. What's uh, Carroll? Uh, Carroll University. Now, okay. it was Carroll College at the time. Um, by chance, I got to become friends um, uh, with a, a classmate of mine whose dad was fraternity brothers with a, uh, a senior partner at a law firm down in down in Chicago. Okay. Um so this is this is when I, I I tell a networking story to um, college Republicans sometimes when I when I get called in. So 2002, I get this job working at a law firm called Freeborn and Peters. I work with a guy named Michael Freeborn. Um, for those of you familiar with the link, um, some of the some of the Jack Link's uh, litigation that has gone on, um, the nope. attorney the attorney for them is. Michael Freeborn. No kidding. Um, so by chance, um, my, my life took a interesting, by, I took that job. I was a paralegal for a couple of years. Um, I, tr and then I moved up to the, uh, Milwaukee area. I was a paralegal there, got into, uh, Mitchell for law school, paralegal in the cities. Um, got pulled into, when I was in the Milwaukee, I got, um, pulled into an organization called the Republican National Lawyers Association. Um, through that, I got involved with um, election law, uh, which is which has taken me in travels all over the country. Uh, it's it's one of those parts of my life that um, not too many know, not too many people know about. Every once in a while, I just I get on a plane, I go someplace, and I try to help out with election day legal work. 
I, I want to get to the rest, you know, the, the story and where you've come, but I'm just curious about that. So what do you do when you do this? Um, a lot of times it's um, being available um, to make sure that, that the election day is going as the law prescribes the, the day to go. Interesting. Um, and so some states called poll challengers, some states called poll watchers, some, play, some states called ballot watchers. So part of it is to be a resource, um, depending on the state, depending on your ability to enter the polling place to help that, depending on, um, and some of it's just watching social media. Uh, Twitter is one of the greatest <laughs> tools on election day. Um, you know, my, uh, I, I like to be one of those, those uh, Twitter geeks who I've been on Twitter since 2008 uh, because it was a tool that was used in the 2008 election um, to help monitor all of the um, um, all the, you know, all the different data coming in. Cause that's, you know, sometimes, you know, people will, um, uh, people forget often, um, with all the other controversies going on at DC, um, uh, about the Philadelphia polling place with, uh, with the black Panthers, you know, that was completely, uh, on Twitter, you know, Twitter, there was a notification on Twitter that I just went to a polling place. Um, there were two black Panthers standing outside my polling place, you know, before you know it, there's people showing up, there's video and before you know it, you have a DOJ investigation. Well, an attempted DOJ investigation yep. into the issue. Um, and so a lot of times it's that issue. And then I also do recounts and um, canvassing. So a lot of people don't realize that after election day, the ballots get, get counted. Um, they get verified um, in, uh, in the state of Minnesota, actually where I started doing this election, so I started doing more of the election law work. Um, there is something, there's a election year review. And so they take two precincts and they, they, um, I think one of the lowest and one of the highest vote total precincts and they, and they count, they do an audit of those. So the vote total, even without a recount could change during those, Mm. uh, which is something that we saw during, I was a law clerk during the Coleman Franken recount in 2008. Um, and so it's, there's all kinds of different rules. And so. Um, Carl Grove once said, you know, at the turn of the century, it was odd to have a campaign manager and back in the, in the turn of the 1900s. Yeah. Now at the turn of two thousands, almost everyone has an election lawyer. Mm. Um, you know, the campaign finance rules make it very nice because a lot of times your payment, you're paying for a lawyer doesn't, isn't included in your expenses. Um, you know, those legal fees, attorneys helping out, uh, campaigns a lot of times doesn't have to go against their bottom line. So you're a law and a data nut. I am. I am. I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I have, uh, two posts. I have two posters in my office. Uh, I have Michael Clayton and I have, um, uh, the great uh, movie with, uh, George Clooney. Yeah. Uh, and yep, then I yep. have, um, a, a screenshot of Atticus Finch cross-examining, <laughs> uh, Robert E. Lee Ewell yeah, yeah. from uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. And I, I've, I've had those in my office since I was, uh, since I started practicing. Um, and I always say that that's part of, that explains a lot of what I am. Um, <laughs> it, it does. And, th- and then the election law thing is, um, a, a separate part to my life. Um, but uh, to kill a mockingbird, by the way, one of only six books I've ever read. Oh, excellent. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's, uh, yeah, it was short. That's why I liked it. And um, I had to do it for school. Three other ones were my mom's books, uh, to kill a mockingbird. And, uh, the other two were like sports books or something. I'm not a real big fan of the reading books. Yeah, I always say that the the three greatest TV influences into my legal career are uh, Ben Matlock, Sam Waterston, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Sam Waterston, <laughs> Sam, sure. Sam Waterston, and uh, uh, Gregory Peck. Okay, 
And and you're uh, I know of politics you're obviously involved in. And I want to get to that too. But West Wing must be in there somewhere. Yes, I uh, um, West Wing is is just amazing. I had the great opportunity my, after my third year of law school to be an intern for the Republican National Lawyers Association. Be out there going to um, going to hearings on Capitol Hill, going to different meetings, oh, and my it was goodness. and the experience was great to actually see the reality of um of what washington dc is mm. um and and not that it's uh, it's a bad thing but it's it's different you know seeing stuff on tv you know you see the you see the lights and the, all the specter you know these impeachment hearings right now you see a full panel yeah. you see pa- clerks behind them yeah you know you don't see the judiciary committee hearings about um some mundane issue where you have one or two senators popping in and out and you um you know, you're, you're sitting there and you think you're sitting there with a bunch of other attorneys and other, other kind of, but you're really there with other fellow clerks who are all just trying to, <laughs> you know, get, get, a, get a leg up and, and just, you're all taking notes, but it was a yeah. great, it was a great experience. It's, um, I always thank, uh, my boss at that time, Michael Thielen, who's still the executive director for giving me that opportunity because oh, yeah. it, it was great exposures, great friendships, um, that I made when I was out there and, I, and then. Unfortunately or unfortunately, it was in the 2008 and the election got pretty hot. And so I got to come back to Minnesota. And I think and, that's where we left off was Minnesota. Yep. And uh, so I, I was at Mitchell. Um, I got more involved in the election law world. And so in 2008, I was hired by the Republican Party of Minnesota to be the election day operations director. Um, it sounds more exciting than it is <laughs> un- until there's a recount and then it's really exciting and mm. You, li- you listen to radio, you, sh- you listen to radio pundits and, uh, my, my, my boss is like, you should turn on the radio. They're talking about you. Um, so uh, it, it was a lot of lessons learned. Um, sure, th- sure. I think, um, there's just a lot of great lessons learned out of that 2008 recount. Um, I've gotten to speak at a couple conferences on the 2008 election and really just the, when it comes to recounts, when it comes to election law, it is. The, the jury that you have to worry about isn't, um, isn't the, you don't have to worry about the judges that you're in front of. You don't have to worry about the, you know, if it's a, if it's a civil case with a, you know, 12, you know, 12, uh, person jury, uh-huh. you have to worry about the public opinion. You know, it's, you have to worry about where, you know, if, is it a dirty election? Is it a clean election? Uh, because it all comes down to at the end, regardless of who wins is a belief in the victory. It's. You know, I won't get into it. I I won't get into it, but that's part of the issue, you know, in 2000 that, you know, when, with the, with the election contest, with the hanging chads and every, and everything with Bush Gore. Um, and then again, you know, so that led to questions for eight years. And so then, you know, 2016, there's questions about uh, Trump and Trump and, uh, and Hillary. And so same thing, it's a lack of belief in the results creates creates issues. That's, yeah, and that's happened, like you just mentioned, a few times now. Yep. But but I just don't want to forget. So after Minnesota, where'd you go then? Um, after Minnesota, um, I got I stayed local. Um, I, I actually got into the collections world. Um, that sounds I, like something you'd probably get into. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I did. So I did collections <laughs> for about three years, and it was um, phenomenal experience. It was stressful. It was high volume. Um, but from my time doing, um, the recount and traveling all over the state and being the election day operations director, mm-hmm. traveling all over the state of uh, Minnesota, 
I really enjoyed it. A lot of the um, attorneys they hired wanted to stay local in the metro, and I was like, you want to send me to to Todd County to make my first trip to Long Prairie? Sure. You want, <laughs> you want me to go to, you know, you want me to go to Juan, Juan County to, uh, you know, you know, to hang out in St. James and appear in court? Sure. I'll, because a lot of times the judges appreciated that these big, you know, the the six five one six one two law there, firms yeah. are actually are actually coming out to, um, are actually coming out to the area, uh, which which created some friendships, um, and to hark back on the. Um, Atticus Finch. So I said, uh, on, on Facebook, I got to become Facebook friends with a lot of these attorneys. I said, I, you know, my dream is to, to live an Atticus Finch, something to that effect. One of my friend, one of the attorneys I got to meet in Fillmore County, uh, down in Southeast Minnesota said, you want to, um, experience Atticus Finch, come work for me. And so I actually, I got a job working for him. No kidding. Um, so I had just a just a phenomenal time in Southeast Minnesota. I, I worked in a, uh, a small okay, county. First of all, I don't think anyone's ever said that ever. Yep, had a phenomenal time in Southeast Minnesota. <laughs> um, so uh, Fillmore County is just south of Rochester. Okay, um, I lived in a town of uh, 440 people called Wyckoff, uh-huh. and uh, practiced in um, between uh, Chatfield, uh, Preston, and. Uh, in the Spring Valley, uh, just had a blast living there for a couple of years. Um, got to be involved um, with the Chamber of Commerce. I was a volunteer firefighter. Um, got to be in the zoning. It was just I really enjoy living there. I I joke that my satellite office is uh, is Shooters, which is a bar on Main Street in uh, in Wyckoff. Because mm. uh, anytime I'm in the area doing work, because I'm still licensed to practice in Minnesota. Uh, a lot of times my practice in Minnesota is the Southeast Minnesota from connections I made when I practiced there. Okay. Um, and then I met my, uh, met my wife. Um, she's from the Barron area. That's how I got back to this area. Okay. And to step back to the, to the 2002 working for Freeborn and Peters. Um, so in 2015, I'm sitting in a conference room with Webb Hart, who some people know in this area. Um, and he's looking at my resume and he said, well, what's going to happen if, uh, I see that you worked at Freeborn and Peters from 2002 to 2000, 2000, uh, late 2003. So if I call Michael Freeborn, is he going to know who you are? I said, well, yes, he's going to know who I am. I worked on this case and, and such and wow. such. And, uh, and so, so at that point in time, um, the Hurricane Hart, uh, uh, Webb Hart's firm was local counsel. For Freeborn and Peters, a law firm, a law firm I'd worked at 13 years previously. Um, so on my first day, um, Webb actually had uh, uh, Michael Freeborn uh, actually at the office. So I got to. Oh, so it was great to. How cool is that? It was great to see him. I owe a lot of my uh, political, a lot of my legal career to starting from um, Fred Foreman, who is an attorney still there, who was a uh, who was a, a, a alumni through Carroll University, okay. and Michael Freeborn. Just the lessons. Uh, learned and so then i i got uh, while i was at hurricane heart i got uh enamored with the public defender world uh the hard thing about forty dollars an hour and twenty five dollars an hour travel mm. is it's hard in a law firm in the traditional law firm model for that to work um i started off with i think about 60 cases um then i've decided you know what this is my passion a little bit of my burden. Let's go out on my own. And so I went out on my own, started my own law firm. When, when was this? Uh, this would have been in uh, 
Uh, we're coming up on uh, three years next uh, uh, oh, so relatively next month. Recently. Yeah, so so December of sixteen, I went out on my own, okay. um, and so been on my own ever since. Um, I think I think last year was the most miles. I think last year was sixty three thousand miles. Holy uh, man! But uh, this year, I've been trying to to focus it a little bit more. Um, <laughs> Let's try to get that down to like fifty. Yeah, fifty thousand. Yeah. I'm, ho- I'm hoping to get it get it down into the into the thirties or. Uh, uh, but uh, that's how I got into the public defender world. I was okay. I was taking court appointed cases in Eau Claire, um, and and wait, uh, where are you where are you actually now? I'm in Menominee. Menominee. Okay. Yep, I, I, but you're, again, like you had said at the very beginning, you do a lot of Washburn. I know you've gone up to Sawyer. Yep, I do. And uh, Barron, um, a little pretty, bit of Polk. Do you do Burnett? I, I do some Burnett. Um, sure. I, I, my normal coverage, I call it normal. People don't call it normal, <laughs> uh, is, uh, is Buffalo to Sawyer. So Buffalo is Alma. It's about an hour. It's right on the, right on the river. So that covers, uh, Buffalo, Pepin, Pierce, Dunn, Eau Claire, Chippewa, Barron, Washburn, um, Sawyer. And then, um, sometimes, uh, Rusk, uh, Rusk, Burnett, Douglas, Holy. Iron, Bayfield, Ashland. Um, price Taylor. It all depends. And, and, and you do this by choice. I do. I do. <laughs> uh, I, I presently have a, um, at first I had a, a even wider net. Um, I kind of just, if I got the phone call, I would take it because that's part of what, what why, why do you do this? Um, uh, part of it is Irish guilt, you know, last name's Kirkpatrick. I'm good. <laughs> okay, I'm, good. I'm, I'm a good son of Aaron. And I, uh, I just feel that, um, everyone deserves, deserves a voice. Um, and that's really what we do. You know, we give people a voice, um, a lot of times. uh, And so like right now I have a case in Lincoln County, which, uh, not Lincoln County. I do have a case in Lincoln County, Uh but I also have a case in Langlade, which is in Anago, um, which the only, only thing I knew about Anago, about Langlade County prior to going there was, um, as a kid, we went to Rolling Stone Lake in Crandon and I knew about the brush runs in Crandon. Um, but I got to know this kid. Uh, he's not a kid. He's, you know, he's in his twenties, but, um, I got to know him, got to know his family pretty well. I got to know his kid, um, pretty well. Um, unfortunately he got into some additional trouble. Um, uh, so that's where I was yesterday. Yesterday was a, a six hour day, um, uh. driving, driving around trip to see him. Um, but it, but it's one of those where, um, it's an understanding of this meth, the, the meth and heroin problem being bigger than, uh, that old adage of, uh, hate the sin, love the sinner, mm-hmm. um, type issue with, uh, and an understanding that meth is always on the brain. It never leaves the brain and it's a, it's a struggle in getting people to help. Um, and so, um, but for the most part, I try to stay a little more, a little more local now, yeah. uh, mostly because I, um, I live in a County, even, you know, even Dunn County, which people wouldn't think Menominee would have a problem with attorneys, but there's a lack of. Um, lack of uh, private bar attorneys in, in Dunn and Eau Claire and Chippewa even, and those obviously are larger areas, no less the, the issues once you get farther north to, mm. to Barron and Shell Lake sure. and, and Hayward. So how does this work? So we had, uh, had a, a little analogy earlier where, uh, again, OWI, yep. I would call you. I've never known this. If, well, maybe we won't use OWI. Say I stole something or I don't know. Well, yep. whatever it is that I need to call you for. Do I tell you, do I tell my lawyer the, let's say I'm guilty of this, but do I tell you 
yeah, I, I totally did that. Or is it like, no, dude, don't say that. Well, how does that work? What is that relationship like? I've never known that. Um, there's ethical duties to your client and there's ethical duties to the court. Um, and there's ethical duties, um, to the, uh, prosec- ethical duties. <laughs> to the prosecutor. So, um, sounds like there's a lot of fine lines here. There are, uh, and there, there's no easy answer to that besides the fact of, um, you, you don't ask if they did it. Um, that's something I learned in, in law school. I learned it. I went to paralegal school. Um, the, the your job is not to ask if they did it. Okay. And um, if they bring it up, if I say, yeah, I totally if they, did if they bring it up and there, but there's also is the role of they did it. Um, but, um, uh, are we, are we then looking at a positive, um, are, are we looking at trying to get the best possible resolution, the most fair resolution to that case? Cause okay. there's also that issue. There's the issue of, um, and I think the biggest one is meth is, is drug possession. Um, it's from that initial interview saying, is this someone who wants to get help? Cause if they want to get help, okay. there's, there's an alcohol and drug assessment they can do. Um, they can start doing treatment. They can start doing programming. They can show the state, they can show the court they can show the prosecutor that they're trying to improve their life. And they realize that there is an issue. Um, obviously I see sometimes with indigency, that's easier said than done. You know, if you have, uh, let's say it's a, your OWI fourth or fifth, and you obviously need to get some kind of help. Yeah. Um, if, if you have money and you have insurance, it's nice. You can cross the border. We have um, the Betty Ford Clinic in um, uh, up in uh, Schaefer, Minnesota. That's you have one of the best um, rehab uh, alcohol rehab uh, facilities in the world. Mm. That's across the border. Mm. Not everyone can afford that, nice. uh, but it, so it's a part of reaching out to the programming, um, and and that applies to. You know, not only drugs, it also applies to, you know, something like, say, a domestic abuse. Um, there are programs available. Um, and so part of it as, as a lawyer is, uh, as a defense lawyer, is really trying to get the best result for your client um, and, and making sure that their rights are protected. Mm. Uh, one of my good friends from um, – College is a attorney out in uh, Virginia Beach, California. He, Virginia Beach, uh, Virginia. One of the best DUI attorneys that I know in the in the country. Um, and he just he describes it to his clients as he's a liberty warrior. Um, what we're defending and what we're defending oh, is sure. um, your constitutional rights and your liberty. You know the it's you know life, liberty, pursuit of happiness is right there. Um, and so protecting your liberty is truly, you know, one, one day, one minute, you know, one second in jail, if you're innocent is one minute, one day is too long. Right. You know, so that's part of our, our job straight out of the gate, whether if it's a, you're in custody and need to post bail and you can't afford bail to just getting you the most fair result for you and understanding that there is a time and place for punishment. Um, but making right. sure that punishment fits sure. the crime and make sure that everything is going nominally. Everything is, the process is working how it's supposed to be that even if they're guilty, correct, that you still have rights. Yep. We still don't want you get railroaded. Correct. We don't want to, if, if, um, somewhere, somewhere along the line, something was done that maybe shouldn't have been done. And that actually was the reason that you were actually, re- well, I mean, it is what it is, but you know, that's why you're there. It's not necessarily to. Um, try to find holes in certain things, but if that hole is there, mm-hmm. uh, you know, 
going to use that because that, that's my job is to represent my client. But I think, Great. again, a lot of that goes down to just making sure because if there was an attorney present, I mean, goodness, it, it would just be a field. They would do whatever you want. Well, and that's, and that's part of the, the hard part about um, the job sometimes is um, is the role of the victim in the case. Um, and, and, you know, it, in Wisconsin, we obviously got to see um, the role that can play in the backlash with um, the Quintez Cephas um, case down oh, in, was, uh, yeah. down in, in the bad, uh, yeah. with the, you know, obviously it, it got uh, a lot of acclaim and got a lot of criticism for the, how things played out. Yeah. Um, and the victim obviously may pursue civil, uh, pursue it in civil court because again, there's, there's a different, um, burden of proof that has to be dealt with. But again, it's an, an issue where, you know, this young man, I don't know. I don't know Quintez Sivas. All I know is what I've, I've seen on TV, um, got his day in court and, uh, and, you know, was found, uh, was, was acquitted. And then he had, you know, another battle to fight, which was to, to maintain his eligibility so that he could play football. Um, and so it's one of those times where the role of the, our role as lawyer, there's so much more uh, to our role. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, you, people see the courtroom, but there's also, you know, there's researching treatment. There's researching treatment courts. There's like drug court, there's mental health court. Mm-hmm. Um, it's reaching out to find mental health facilities sometimes, because sometimes it truly is itself. It's, self-medication for as serious as schizophrenia, as, you know, schizophrenia, uh, depression, uh, anxiety, you know, stuff that has been dealt with, has not been dealt with in their life. Um, and I'm, I am a believer in what's called, um, the ACEs survey, which is adverse childhood trauma. Um, so it, an- it analyzes that okay. because I think what we're finding is more and more, there are adverse issues that happen to kids that affect their, their modeling, how they grow up. Um, Certainly. and sometimes that leads to, you know, it's, it's not, it's not, um, it's not saying that the kids don't have that these as adults, they don't have responsibility for the choices they make. Sure. But part of it is that cognitive, the behavioral change mm-hmm. to let them know the, the program. There's one program called thinking for a change. You know, it, oh. it, it, it's, it's really a, it's a program. That's an excellent program that gets, you know, you're in this situation what would you, you know, what should you have done? What did you do? Why did you do this? Let's not, let's recognize that situation yeah. next time. Yeah. And you can, so you can still hold that person accountable for what they have just done, but let's just try to not have you uh, repeat that. Yes, correct. The, just the, understanding that part. Yeah. The goal is, um, one judge, uh, and I, I, I've, it happened once and I never did it again. Um, it's successful completing probation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, it's a phrase that all of us attorneys like to use. It helps us get probation for another client. Um, but his, his argument is if you successfully completed probation, you wouldn't be back in front of me again today. True. Um, and so it's some, it's a model that I, and it's a, it's a phrase that I've taken out of, you know, um, you know, I, I use discharged for probation without incident, that type of thing. Um, and really, and even probation, it's something where there is a conversation that has to be had, you know, is this person in custody who's been in custody for six months because they couldn't um, get an attorney or something? Are they just taking probation so they can get out or are they taking probation because they actually think they can um, do well on probation and succeed on probation? Cause it's not easy and there's costs. Um, or is it, like I said, or is it someone who just wants to get out of jail? And 
Well, yeah. they just want to get out of, you know, and, and, th- and we just have to, we have to work through it and to develop, to develop a relationship with our clients. Mm-hmm. So we can have that, that frank conversation. Do you, do you run into situations where they want to do something and your, your legal advice is, I would not recommend that. And they, you know what, they're going to do it anyway. You, you, you have to take what your clients are telling you to do, right? You can certainly advise them. Correct. But have there been times where it's, oh my God, you vault. What yeah. are you doing? Um, there, there are times when I, when I disagree with the clients, I let them know I disagree, but I let them know that I am there to represent I, I, you know, I'm there, I'm their, I'm their warrior, I'm their advocate. Sure. So my job is to, you know, there's times where I disagree with clients going to trial. That doesn't mean I get to, you know, for lack of a better term, half-assed at a trial. Right. It means I still need to, um, uh, you know, it's zealous representation. Um, so I have to put on the best case possible based on, um, uh, all my legal, you know, legal skills, that kind of stuff. And that's, that's part of the reason that we're trial lawyers. You know, there's, there's a reason that we do this is, you know, at the end of the day, you you don't know what those 12 jurors are going to do. Um, and so, and everyone has a right to trial, you know, um, there is, especially when you have people that plea right before trials, the judges always advise them, you know, there is a, a thing called a plea questionnaire. As you're going through the plea questionnaire, you know, there, you can emphasize certain parts of it. So a lot of times the judges, if it's right before trial, they'll emphasize that you have a right to trial. Um, by entering this plea today, you're giving up that right to trial. No one can tell you any, no one can, right. you know, and they want to make sure there's no coercion. They want to make sure that you're freely entering. I've seen that on law and order. Yep. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> and so, um, didn't so, know that's what it was, but okay. Yep. And so the plea questionnaire, you know, goes through all your rights again, just to make sure that you're, you're fully aware of all your rights. Sure. Well, um, you had said that you had seen some of this stuff uh, down in the Badger, Bad football player on TV. Speaking of TV, I saw you on Court TV. Yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah, that was the uh, uh, Ezra McCandles case, I think, right? Correct. And first of all, that was just riveting television. It, I mean, it, it actually wasn't, I mean, for what this actually is, because obviously uh, Law & Order is 44 minutes long. Yep. And this takes a lot longer. And I was right. actually watching it on Court TV uh, it's a nice thing about my job. I can do one thing and just, you know, have that on. And I was yep. watching several days of that. And I saw you on there sitting in the back. And then one of the nights you were actually on, I don't know what they call it, like the roundup or the follow-up, the the Correct. actual, you got a chance to be. Now, Court TV, I, I mean, I have Charter and I have all the channels. I couldn't find it anywhere, so I had to go online. Yep. Uh, Court TV is nationwide, right? Correct. Um, so what happened is um, I believe Court TV might have been started by Danny Abrams. Back, I think Danny Abrams got famous during OJ back in the. That's where I heard that. Uh, okay, as a court analyst. Um, but I th- I don't know what happened to Court TV, but it, it's now come back with. Um, if you whether you know on Twitter, there's the Court TV handle, uh, and there's also all four of their anchors and yeah. um, reporters. Sure. You know the they they pick the biggest trials yeah. and, and um, I went through I, online and looked their back their their previous ones and. Man, I didn't know this was even here because I want to start watching it. But you were you got to have a conversation with those people, correct? Um, afterwards, so where were you located? Because you were doing it remotely, and I don't know where they're located. Correct, and their their studios are down in uh, Atlanta. Okay, um, but they have a mobile truck, nice. a mobile van with a studio inside of it, <sighs> so they're able to go around to all these different um, locations, uh, and obviously. The, there's all kinds of backstory with the Ezra McCandless trial that, you know, a three week trial, um, you know, you have arguably one of the, um, one of the best trial lawyers, I believe in the state of Wisconsin 
in uh, Aaron Nelson. Aaron, right. Um, and you also have an excellent trial lawyer and an evidence. Um, you know, Deja Vishni has uh, an evidence book, a suppression book that we, that almost all of us criminal defense attorneys have. Um, so you really had a, uh, you, you were going to get uh, good, good legal theater, but you're also going to get a good legal process. So you, for people who wanted to see, Yes, I you know for the people the, the watch the Law and Orders the um, yeah, it doesn't happen that just, fast you know it doesn't happen <laughs> fast it it there's a lot of uh, I remember one day sitting in there and a lot of it was setting foundation so you had a lot yes. of a lot of these forensic um, forensic examiners who their whole job was to leave the lab that day come uh, come into the courtroom and say yes I did this and as far as yes I made this CD yes. I. Uh, yes. And talking about the different levels of extraction. Yeah. And, and then it, they had the, the um, prosecutor, I don't recall his name right now, that, boy, he worded things that one way I kept thinking of Star Trek movie era. Um, it was correct. That's right. He was reading back this stuff. And you said this, correct? Yep. Correct. And I was thinking of Star Trek when yep. Spock was at the very beginning going through that. Um, but it was, I mean, a lot of redundancy, certainly. Correct. And again, this doesn't, <laughs> correct? Yeah. Um, it doesn't really fly through. Um, but I found it. Incredibly fascinating. Well, especially with the the fact scenario in this case, in that um, you have two police departments involved because of the initial statement that this happened in Eau Claire, but she was located in Mon- in, Mon- in Eau Claire County, but she was located in Dunn County. So you had a little bit of redundancy, um, you know. And the the thing I think I enjoyed most about the um, the computer forensic examiners and the detectives that are in that division were the jabs they got in uh, about Facebook and uh, not Facebook about uh, Apple and, and and Google and the different and different phones because of how much encrypting. Um, obviously, obviously, <laughs> Apple, see that Apple uh, with the iPhone has these new commercials that they're putting out about privacy yeah. and everything else. But to actually hear these experts talk about well. No, I didn't. I weren't able to look at that because of encrypting and all the different. Oh. Uh, um, so it was interesting. It was it was very interesting. And the other day I went. So that was the day I was on TV. Um, I was in the truck. Um, I got to live. That's just really weird. Yep. Like, hey, uh, you want to be on TV, buddy? Come in my van. Exactly. And it just sounds kind of creepy. <laughs> exactly. And so, um, you know, it, it's oh, not to not to to dumb it to demean it or dumb it down at all, but. Um, you know, it's a little bit, you know, going back to West Wing, you know, Jed Bartlett, Jed Bartlett yeah. sitting in a, sitting in a director's chair, staring at the, staring at a camera and, uh, except I didn't have the red dot. So I wanted to avoid the, uh, uh, Ricky Bobby Talladega nights, you know, doing stuff with my hands, <laughs> making faces. I'm, uh, I, I like, uh, I like facial humor. I make funny faces all the time. I'll, I'll you know, when I'm driving, I'll make all these, I make fa- funny faces. So it's. Really just trying to be the, as serious and, yeah. and mm-hmm. professional yes. as can be. And then just mm-hmm. listening for when. Um, they want you uh, to chime in. Yeah, when Vinny Napolitan, which he has just a great personality. Yeah. <laughs> just a very, a very big. He's great for that show. Very big personality. Yeah. Um, and, and really, my, role was, my job was to serve my role, yeah. which my role was the defense attorney. Yeah. Um, that being said, you know, everything I said was was legit. I, mm-hmm. On top of being, obviously, my, based on my comments, I'm a. I'm a fan of both, um, and I have learned a lot from Aaron and from Deja, mm. uh, but also just my perspective on the, the case. My perspective is somewhat um, biased mm. based on what I do for a living. I, mm. Oh, right, yeah. You know, my job is to find holes in what yeah. 
um, the defense uh, in what the prosecution yeah. does. Aaron, by the way, looks just like Edward Norton to me. Every time he <laughs> smiles or he has his little look, I'm like, man, that is Edward Norton. He looks uh, just like him. And, and Aaron has a, a style that is very, um, very poised and refined. Yeah. Yep. And, um, and, and it's, and it gives a you know contrasting styles. You know when you watch yes. when you when you watch on um, court TV, you'll see varying different styles of you know defense attorneys. You have um, you know like you go over across the border. Um, you know if there was court TV to watch any of the the Vikings um, criminal trials back with the whole boat incident in the two thousands, mm-hmm. you would have seen some very colorful um, criminal defense attorneys in the cities. Um, but it's all, it's all, you know, it's all different. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest thing is it is, it is different from what you see on, on TV because there's a, there is a model of decorum that we all keep as professional attorneys yeah. that we, um, we, that we, we try to follow, uh, mostly just out of respect for each mm-hmm. other and respect out of the system. Yeah. Cause the worst thing you want is, um, for some actions over the top actions mm-hmm. to cause, um, a bad result. Well, I think it's like watching um, a chess match. Correct. It's it's slow. Uh, the people who understand how to play chess and the nuances to it, which I don't. I mean, I, yep. I love playing chess, but just the other day, my my daughter Riley actually beat me in chess. But now I have a really big chess board, so I think that was my problem. The chess board was too small, yep. so I want to do that again. But um, when you see that, and then just this one pawn move, yep. three hours into a game, you have someone going, no, no, yeah. no, we didn't. Yeah. And everyone's like, really, really? But that's kind of like watching this, that court TV, Correct. where it's not like the law and orders. It's not this fast paced game. You, you, those one little thing that yep. you, that you redundancy, redundancy, you ask, and then they say something and it's gotcha. Yep. That's what I was. This whole thing was building up. I just wanted to see if I could this one spot. And, oh, exactly. But it takes, you know, three hours of watching it yep. just to get there or three days worth to get there. Um, Matt, I want to talk to you about politics. I was wondering if you could stick around for a few more minutes. Oh, sure. Um, cause I don't really get to talk about politics very often. Usually it's like law stuff and, and we've had a great chat now, but I know that you and I have actually talked offline about politics and Correct. I would love to just kind of bend your ear about some things. Perfect. All right, cool. We'll be right back after a quick message from our sponsor. <laughs> 